pass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the return of the NBA. There is some real momentum around the league for games returning in some form or fashion later this summer, likely in July. So what I want to do in today's episode is walk you through the timeline for restarting the season. In the second segment, we'll talk about what it might look like, both the return to practice and also the games and what what types and what flavor of games they'll be playing. And finally, we'll close out the show talking about what it might mean for your Portland Trailblazers. There's some scenarios that would probably favor the Blazers and some that might leave them behind. So we'll close out the show in the third segment talking about all those options as they pertain to the fighting pinwheels. But let's start with the timeline. There's been some good reporting on this from a a variety of reporters, Adrian Wojnarowski, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, Brian Winders of ESPN, uh, a little bit of Sam Amick from The Athletic, and also Shams Sharani from The Athletic. So I'm culling together a variety of national reporters here. I'll do my best to cite them when I get specifics, but there's some things that are sort of shared across multiple reports, and we'll just share them broadly. But as always, I'll do my best to credit reporters because they are the ones who do the work that is so important for people like you and I to know what's up. So here's basically the deal for the timeline. Uh, Right now, as it currently stands, slightly more than half the teams have reopened their practice facilities for voluntary workouts, uh, the Blazers among them. Basically, that means that players can go in with certain certain stipulations in place, rules in place. You can't go in there and play one-on-one or two-on-two. It's individual workouts. You're, you're basically one guy, one basket, one basketball, and a rebounder. When you're lifting weights and stuff, uh, you have to stay you know, six or 10 feet away from your, from the health and performance people that are also in the gym with you. It's they've, there's serious precautions. So step one is sort of getting, is moving beyond what the current status quo is. And that would be to get all the players either back in their team city or to training camp at some sort of staging site for a quarantine period. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that the NBA has told some teams that they would work on solutions that instead of redirecting them directly to, let's say, Charlotte or Phoenix, that they would redirect them to uh, like the specific campus or bubble sites where these future games would take places. Because, spoiler for the second segment here, it seems like we're going to a single campus or campuses to hold these games. So... The idea is that around June 1st, teams would start officially calling players back to the market or back to a staging area. And from there, you would get a two-week quarantine period. The idea being if guys have uh, left the market or left the country, like in the case of Luka Doncic, who's back home in Slovenia, you would bring them back to to the area and give them two, a two-week quarantine, and that would give you a sense of whether they've been infected or whether and and whether they're fully healthy to go and all and then all those things you need when you're dealing with a global pandemic and trying to restart a basketball league so step two would be following that initial two-week recall of players into the team marketplaces there would be one or two weeks of individual workouts at team facilities followed by a two to three week formal training camp 
that training camp timeline courtesy of Adrian Wojnarowski and Ramona Shelburne of ESPN. Spencer Dinwiddie, the Nets guard and blockchain investment enthusiast, tweeted that he had heard the actual season would start on July 15th. And if you work backwards using what uh, the ESPN folks told us, that would mean that the team quarantine could start on June 1st. And then after six weeks of ramping up through individual workouts and then a team training camp, then the league would be ready to restart right around July 15th. Like that that math checks out. What Spencer is saying checks, checks out entirely. There was another tweet that uh, Dinwiddie responded to uh, that's saying that official team practices would start on June 21st. That, to me, that seems to follow the same timeline. Come back on June 1st, spend two weeks in a sort of official team, you know, team-monitored quarantine, a week of individual workouts, and you're now in the third week of June, bang, practice starts up, you have two weeks of practice. So shout out to Spencer Dinwiddie. Maybe you should invest in his Bitcoin scam to fund his $24 million contract or whatever it is he's doing because he seems to be providing good specific info for all of us. Thank you, Spencer. But in general, these are just broad outlines, right? Like this is these are the ideas that the league is floating. There's going to be a conference call with the Board of Governors team owners and league officials without getting too caught up in the jargon but that would th- that conference call is going to happen on May 29th so that would this this coming Friday and this coming Friday we'll probably know even more we i think uh you know this week the end of last week excuse me we kind of started to get this timeline and i think we'll get we'll get even closer to the specifics by the end of this week but i wanted to update you today on what we know now in general the league has yet to release an official timeline um you know, I'm someone who gets the emails from the league as as a member of the Pro Basketball Writers Association, and they it's not like they're sending an email for nailing down the specifics of, of what might happen. For now, they're keeping things broad. You'll remember that in a previous podcast, I explained that uh, Adam Silver told the NBA Players Association that he doesn't have to make a decision necessarily on June 1st. He can wait a little bit further along into June, basically before um, before making a, a full decision on how things go back, the, the league is going to wait as long as possible. But it's clear that there is a vision for an NBA season on the horizon, and, and that vision is starting to take shape. Obviously, there's any number of things that could derail this plan, but the NBA is prioritizing a plan to get back and get the games going, crown a champion, do all those things. So in the second segment, we'll talk about what that might look like, sort of the nuts and bolts of where and how they're going to play these games and the scenarios for how the season might resume. But before we get there, I want to tell you all more about Bilt Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I've been telling you that uh, Bilt Bar comes in 16 delicious flavors. Well, guess what? Bump that number up to 20 because Bilt Bar has released four new flavors: peanut butter banana, pineapple upside down cake, coconut pecan pie, and blueberry lemon. And all those flavors, in addition to being delicious and having this wonderful candy bar-like texture, they're covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also good and good for you. Wonderful for the health conscious among us because they're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. And for this week only, in addition to getting $10 off with the promo code, you can go to BuiltBar.com and get 5 bucks off. That's going to be $15 off total if you order before May 31st. Here's how you do it. You go to BuiltBar.com and you use the promo code LOCKEDON. 
Get $10 off your first order. That's promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, $10 off at builtbar.com. And if you order before May 31st, make that $15 off. Don't delay. Do it now with the promo code locked on at builtbar.com. All right. So we're still talking the return of the NBA season. We laid out the possible timeline for a start in June 1st games beginning the mid mid to late July but what does what will it look like when these games come back let's try to lay that out as best we can the league is moving towards some version of a bubble plan we've talked about a little bit about this on the podcast but basically the idea would be that teams would go to a contained site be it Disney World's 220 acre ESPN campus that includes three gyms and multiple hotels which frankly sounds like the scenario that the league is leaning towards, or it could be it could be Las Vegas, a America's you know premier convention town that certainly has accommodations to hold the league like it does every summer during summer league. Uh, the bubble would be a little bit different than summer league. Obviously, you're not going to have dudes romping through the casinos necessarily, but the, Vegas is certainly on the table. Even though it sounds like uh, Walt Disney World is the place that they're headed. Mark Lazary, a partial owner of the Milwaukee Bucks and a billionaire who has a regular segment on CNBC talking about basically being a billionaire and owning the Bucks. He said in that weekly segment that the league is considering a split situation where the West teams would be in Vegas and the East teams would be at Disney. Specifically that 220 ESPN worldwide of sports complex that Disney that is within the greater Disney World campus. Mark Lazary uh, will probably be on CNBC next week, so we'll be sure to listen in for his segment where he gives us, he spills more of the beans and also talks about being a billionaire. But in addition to Lazary's television spot, uh, Shams Trania of The Athletic published basically the GM survey that the league sent to GMs, kind of um, gauging what they might like want to do with several restart scenarios. Um, I don't think this is like, here are the restart scenarios we're considering, you know, choose your fighter, choose your weapon or whatever, uh, choose your own adventure. I think this is more like, here are some ideas, which ones gain, which ones are like clearly favorable and which ones are clearly not favorable and we'll find some sort of compromise. But I do, I do think it lays out the thinking of the league and I appreciate Mr. Charania for publishing it. So here are the ideas. One, advance directly to the playoffs. 16 teams, four rounds, best of seven series, postseason uh, standings would be based on March 12th when they stop the league, right? So that would just be a straight to the playoffs plan. There's also a playoffs plus option. So that would be expanding the number of teams that have the opportunity to play and either holding a play-in tournament to determine the final seed or seeds by the sort of teams right on the edge that would include your Portland Trailblazers or potentially replacing the first round of the playoffs with a group stage and the group stage would be like you group all the teams together and the top two and you you play a round robin of everyone in your group and the top two teams advance that would be fun but i can't imagine they're going to go that crazy in addition to the playoffs plus format there's kind of a debate on how many teams would play according to shams trania the the options on the gm survey were 18 20 22 or 24 and this lines up with something that uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN reported is that there are some teams at the bottom of the league um, who just like don't really want, might not want to have a five or six week ramp up to play five regular season games and then be 
done or three regular season games and then be done it seems like too much for them they can just say cool we lost a bunch of money let's restart the season next season when we do let's you know move on to the draft move on to free agency let's start building for next year there are just too many risks involved and perhaps maybe just too much money involved in in and restarting for something that doesn't matter to us you know those teams also probably don't want to accidentally win four out of five games and end up with worse lottery odds right so I think there is there are definitely some scenarios where this playoffs plus scenario only include say four teams on the bubble right like uh memphis portland sacramento san antonio and new and new orleans right that could be your sort of playoff plus bubble team look but if they do decide to bring everyone back there is some debate over how many games they're going to play right um there's a there's a there is some push to have everyone come back and play some number of games like the equal number of games would be their preference uh but in part because there is some 70 game mark that would help uh regional sports networks hit their contract agreements with with um their corporate sponsors so there's definitely a money element always involved in these things you it's unavoidable uh but it doesn't seem like 82 is on the table. It's it, um, These games are almost certainly going to be reduced. 70 seems to be the magic number floating around. I've seen multiple national media members kind of pointing to the 70 game mark as the, as the, the number that the league would like to hit. And we'll revisit that a little bit in the third segment. But Shamsrania says that the NBA survey presented 72 or 76 game options. So clearly there is a couple different ways that the reg- that the NBA could resume and regular season games could happen in some form or fashion. There's also this option that was in the GM survey on The Athletic that the regular season could resume with all 30 teams, but in addition, there would be a play-in tournament. So you get everybody playing the same number of games. Everybody plays, let's say, 70 games, followed by a play-in tournament for the final uh, couple playoff seeds and then a traditional playoffs. To me, this sounds like the most uh, intriguing scenario. I don't know how reasonable it is, but to me, this um, this, one's, this one smells like the most fair version. Uh there's also there's they're floating this idea in the GM survey of a play-in tournament where you would play for either the seventh or the eighth seeds. Like I said, there's a lot of different options they're considering. But the I think the important thing is that the league is moving in this direction. Like, how can we restart this thing? The league is also pondering the idea of expanding playoff rosters and maybe even reconfiguring playoff seeding where it would be one through sixteen as opposed to just east versus west. All those are on the table. All those things were asked in the GM survey. I give you all these scenarios just to say that we might have the idea. I think we have a firmer idea of the timeline. June 1st, working our way to the middle of July, July 15th, or, or you know, mid to late July, right? I think we've got the time. It seems like the timeline is in place. But what happens after that six-week ramp-up period is really what's in in flux right now. And I think what, that's what we'll hammer out here over the next few days is that the league seems to have developed a pretty clear picture of when games and when the NBA could restart, but how, like functionally how, seems to be the hard part. you got to figure out how the bubbles work, whether you're just, you know, bringing everyone in the NBA or part of the NBA, and if you bring part of the NBA, are people allowed to bring their families? Are they allowed to bring their friends? Like, are you allowed to bring your wife but not your girlfriend? Are you allowed to bring your mom but not your aunt? Like there's a lot of tricky things that a bubble scenario would would bring up for for every player in the league and that is those are details outside of like 
what does the season look like? How many games are we playing and where are we playing them? So I think the timeline is clear. I just think the what the league looks like uh, are the details that we will probably have to figure out here over the next 10 days. And I'm sure what the league is trying to figure out now. But what I want to answer more specifically or drill down on more specifically in the third segment is what does this all mean for the Portland Trailblazers? I've tried to stay broad and general in these first two segments, but we'll close out the show with specifics on what a season restart might look like for the Blazers. But before we do that, I want to tell y'all about Blinkist. It's hard to find time to sit down to read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. But there's an app that solves this problem for you. It's called Blinkist. Blink is really unique, and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. What it does is it takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes you can read or listen to. Blink is already super popular. 12 million people are using it because it's got a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestseller list, as well as classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of these condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want to read, all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for you. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com NBA. Start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. Still a pass-first point guard. Still locked on Blazers. I'm still Mike Richmond. We're still talking about how the NBA could restart its season. The first segment, we talked about the timeline. The second segment, we talked about what it might look like. But let's close the show talking about what does this all mean for the Blazers. So a straight to the playoffs format or a one through 16 reseed if they were to reseed east and west teams just straight up by record that those those scenarios are not going to include the trailblazers it's a bummer for them but when you are mostly bad for 66 games this is sometimes how things will end up working out for you the blazers are certainly a pretty good team when healthy but they have not been a pretty good team and they have not been healthy I also think a 70-game season is bad news for the Blazers because the Blazers have already played 66 games and they're three and a half back of the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have played 65 games. So even if Memphis plays one extra game, it seems pretty unlikely the Blazers could catch them. The Blazers go 4-0, and even that seems uncertain. They would still need a ton of help from the Grizzlies to just kind of collapse in their final five games to make it happen. And importantly, it's not just a two-team race. Sacramento and New Orleans are also three and a half games behind the Memphis. San Antonio is four games behind the Grizzlies. The Blazers would not only need things to break their way to catch Memphis, you know, undefeated and the Grizzlies going one and four or whatever. They would need everything to align with those three other teams as well. 70 games is just, is 70 games seems like not a waste for the Blazers, like whatever. I think getting Nurk back to play four games would have real value, but it's not. Their playoff hopes are are pretty much dashed if 70 is the number that the league lands on. And we're talking 70 without a play-in tournament, right? 72 is better news for the Blazers, and 76 obviously gives them their best chance. The big question for me is whether the Blazers will get two cracks at the Grizzlies when the when and if the regular season restarts. Like if they start the regular season but they chop off 
10 games or even six games, like even though they go to 76 games, but they, they're chopping off six games. Is, are the Blazers still going to play Memphis twice? During the original schedule, they were supposed to play Memphis two more times. That would have given them a very good chance of catching the Grizzlies, but if they restart the season and the Blazers play Memphis one or zero times with this newly configured schedule, that really reduces their chances. However, as Adrian Wojnarowski reported, some teams that are way the hell out of playoff contention are less enthusiastic about the health risks and, frankly, the draft position risks that come with restarting the season. So if the NBA doesn't hit the restart button for all 30 teams, the schedule definitely is going to change. Like I mentioned, it's hard to say if that specifically helps the Blazers or specifically hurts the Blazers, but perhaps a restart with only, quote, important games would give the Blazers more cracks at winning games that would help them in the standings. Maybe it gives Memphis a chance to play, you know, it takes the cupcakes off Memphis's schedule. They only play teams in the playoff hunt or in the teams, you know, immediately chasing them, assuming that they haven't already completed their season series against them. That, all that, all those details, that seems like a long way away. We'll get there. We'll have a whole podcast about the schedule details and the chances of that. But, but there's a chance that if, you know, only 24 teams come back when the league restarts, that that, 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 that might be in the Blazers' favor. The best bet for the Blazers, though, if, if we're just keeping it 10 million, keeping it a buck, the best bet for the Blazers making the playoffs is a tournament, right? Some sort of play-in tournament. Not a, I, I don't know if a round robin with a couple seeds advancing is is in their favor, but, but a some sort of either single elimination or double elimination tournament with the other playoff teams seems to be their best bet of making the playoffs. I think they, of, of the playoff teams, of the team's Chasing the playoffs in the West, the Blazers had the single best player. Like no one, no one on the other playoff teams. With apologies to Deshante Murray and De'Aaron Fox, I guess, or whatever. And like more specifically, Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas. Like none of those teams have players of Damian Lillard's quality on the roster. He's the best player chasing a playoff spot in the West. Um, and as of right now, the Blazers would restart the season with the availability of Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic. That alone would be fun, even if it doesn't mean that they're a playoff team. Uh, but I, I do think if it is a some sort of play-in tournament, this gives the Blazers their best shot at it. Uh, no guarantees. It's hard to say what, you know, Nurk and Zach will be like after so much time off, particularly Nurk. Um, you know, it's been a long time since he's played high level basketball and he's going to have sort of six weeks of, of slow ramping up to get there. You know, a, a mini preseason certainly helps him, but it's not totally the same. But I think that's the Blazers' best chance. The NBA doesn't really owe them anything in my opinion beyond like a slim chance even a single elimination tournament at some you know in in disney world is is a, is the best the blazers could probably hope for and even that is a relatively slim chance but i don't know that the league owes them much more than that portland played 66 games and went 29 and 37 if they wanted a better chance to make the playoffs they um probably should have made that move in in games one through 66 and look, this kind of sounds like I'm creating some straw man. What I'm really just saying is that if the league does come back with a plan for a 70 game season or a or just a straight to the playoff season, the Blazers are going to feel like they didn't get their full swing at it. And it's because they didn't get a full swing at it. 
but this is an unprecedented thing. We're living in an unprecedented time. This is not something that has ever happened, and inshallah, it'll be something that does not happen again. So I guess what I'm doing is I'm just getting out in front of the uh, sort of Blazer fan world who's going to be frustrated with, with that the Blazers, who are now maybe the most talented roster on the edge of the playoffs, don't get a chance to show how talented they are. You know what? I think that might you might be right, but the NBA is also going to be right if they just jump right into the playoffs and the Blazers aren't included because they're trying to crown a champion in a strange time and worrying about which team the Lakers face in the first round of the playoffs and likely um, beat the snot out of is just a low-level concern for the league at large. Uh, but man, wouldn't it be fun if Yusuf Nurkic came back and was really good right away and the Blazers were a made for a really competitive play, play-in tournament or first round of the playoffs or whatever it could be. That's what I got for y'all today. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can find it wherever they already listen to podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.